why it is that we're going to pray. And I think we've got a few more of these handouts if anybody needs one. Did anybody else need one this evening? A couple of you, all right. I'm going to go ahead and just come down through here and pass these out. If you would, keep your hand up. All right. There we go. Yes, ma'am. Anybody else back here? There we go. All righty. Are we good? Okay. All right, I think we got to the first two points last week on spiritual revitalization and uh, revelation, and I want to come down to spiritual revival. Now, with this, go ahead, if you've got your calendar, do we need, anybody else need one? I'm sorry, I've got a few more. Moving around, okay. Sorry, Brother Wayne. I didn't see your hand raised up there in the balcony. So. Um, spiritual revival. Um, if you've got your phone, your little calendar book, put down October 23rd through the 25th. That's going to be a Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday night there at the end of October. And uh, we are going to be having a three-night revival. And so it's going to be October 23rd, 24th, and 25th. We've got uh, Dr. Johnny Nix out of uh, Pickett's Mill Baptist Church in Dallas, Georgia, He's going to be coming, preaching a three-night revival for us, and uh, I hope that it is a time of revival in our own heart. It's going to be a short revival, just a few nights, but it's going to be a good time for us in the Lord. But the truth is, there is no evangelist, no pastor, no preacher that can bring revival with him. Um, he can come and preach to our hearts and, and hope that God will revive our hearts, but uh, Brother Johnny is not going to bring revival with him. If we're going to have revival in our hearts, it's going to come because we have purpose that we're going to seek God. And so we want to, as we get closer, we're going to have a time or week of prayer leading up to this. And we're going to ask that God would speak to us. But we can have spiritual revival in our life through our prayer, uh, through our prayer life. And through our personal walk with God, we can experience revival. In Jeremiah chapter 33, verse number 7, it says, And I will cause the captivity of Judah and the captivity of Israel to return and will build them as at the first. We talked about this a little bit last week, and that is that revival is going back to where we once were. That God would return us in our hearts to a place where we once were, where we long to fellowship with God, that return to fellowship. And I hope that you desire to fellowship with God. The truth is, is that for most Christians, we don't really know or don't care to walk with God. That's just the fact. There, now, there are some, many that do, and uh, typically because you're on Wednesday night, you probably are much of the core that do, but for the average Christian... Um, are the average person who claims to be a child of God, typically just a little bit of church here and there to make us feel a little better is what we want, um, but not really a dedicated walk with God. And what revival is, we can have revival when we fall in love with God and His Word, where we truly desire to fellowship 
with the Lord. And that's what revival is, is revival in our own heart is when we come to a place where we desire to have a communion and a fellowship and a relationship with God. How could we as Christians, as people, desire anything else? Really, it shouldn't shock us that people want to, uh, don't want to fellowship with God. I, I mean, it should shock us even more that a holy God would want to fellowship with us. And as much as he wants to fellowship with us, I can't even comprehend that we don't want to do that in return. If somebody's got an answer for that, I sure would love to hear it. How can a righteous God desire to walk with us, to fellowship with us, and we not even care? And the revival in our heart is when we begin to pray, when we begin to uh, walk that with God, that we begin to have that fellowship in His presence. I think we read it last, last week, but Acts 3.19 says, Repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. And salvation is where we come back to a place of fellowship with God. And yet in our own lives, even after salvation, how do we act like we don't know what his presence is? And so as we begin to pray, as we begin to fellowship with him, as he reveals himself to us, um, we can have that return to fellowship. There's honestly been times where I've prayed where I didn't feel like praying. Have you ever not felt like praying? There's times I've been called on to pray and I just didn't feel like praying. I thought, man, I hope they call anybody but me. And yet as you begin to pray, And you get that fellowship with the Lord. I sure am glad I did. I've regretted not praying many times, but I've never regretted going to God. As we pray, as we fellowship with Him, the sweeter it becomes. So uh, spiritual revival returns us to fellowship, but also according to Philippians 4, 6, it uh, restores our joy. And so we find that spiritual revival happens in our life when we pray. And part of that revival is fellowship, but also it's a restoration of our joy that as we pray, our joy is full. Um, as we make our requests made known to God, um, he takes away those cares and fills our hearts with joy. Um, I think I may have shared this the other week. I don't remember. And if I have, y'all just nod and act like it's the first time you've ever heard it. Um, but I, I know I shared about uh, the prison there in the Philippines, New Bilibid prison. Um, there was a prison there, uh, a church within that prison. And we would go and I would preach in that church sometimes, uh, Rock of Ages Baptist Church in New Bilibid prison in Manila, uh, Metro Manila, Philippines. And um, I told you Sunday that if my dog would have ran through that church or to that prison to that church that's I've probably been in that church too but if the dog would have ran through that prison I wouldn't let that dog come home it was that bad there was one man there he was a U.S. Marine who had 
uh, worked in his little subdivision there in the Philippines. He worked as kind of a uh, security type thing, this neighborhood watch. Well, somebody broke into a house and he was the one that was responsible for watching the neighborhood. So in the Philippines, um, instead, what you can do is, is if you think you're going to be arrested, you can go blame the other person and they will arrest that person while they do their investigation. And this U.S. Marine swore up and down he was innocent as could be, and that's what had happened. And he had been in prison for two years while they were doing the invest. No court date yet, they were still investigating it. He had been in prison for two years. And he had gotten some diseases, and he had a tumor at this point growing off the side of his head, which was bigger than his head. Um, just disease-ridden. And all, many of the, almost all the inmates had major diseases, disease-ridden on their bodies. Well, we, here we were, and I say all this to say this. We went into this church, and we, they started singing songs about heaven. And brother, when they got to singing, they all got to clapping and smiling and cheering. They were singing about how God, uh, how good God had been to them. They were singing the blessings and the wonder of God. And I'll be honest with you, I sat there and thought, how in the world can they sing about how good God was? If I was in their shoes, I'd probably be bemoaning myself, saying, poor pitiful me, woe is me, God must not care about me. And these men were in some of the worst environments I'd ever seen, and they were singing about how good God was. I said, preacher, how do they do that? Sue fellowship. Through loving God, through praying and walking with Him. And the closer we get to Him, we can have joy in spite of what the world around us is. Because our joy is not in our health, it's not in our finances, it's not in our earthly possessions. As Christians, we know that our joy is in the Lord. And we thank the Lord for His blessings. I, I, I rejoice that I have good health, and, but yet we can rejoice God when we don't as well. Because our joy is in the Lord. And so there's a restoration of joy. And then thirdly, there is a return to service, Jeremiah 33. Uh, here's reading this passage of Scripture, verse 9. Uh, we find that the Lord uh, will do good, and they shall fear and tremble at the goodness for all of the prosperity that I, I procure unto it. We find that God works in their life and gives them prosperity and they begin to serve the Lord. And so revival causes us to return to fellowship. It restores our joy. But thirdly, it will return us to service. Revival in our hearts, when we experience revival, we will return to service. And that's what we need. We need to return to serving the Lord. And uh, that is, it is utmost important that we experience that. And uh, we'll talk more about that in coming weeks. We're preaching through the book of Jonah right now on Sundays because I believe we need to get busy serving the Lord, all of us. And uh, we've got uh, much to be done. And it seems like everything I asked Jonathan about uh, ministry-wise, he tells me. And then I say, well, who's doing that? Well, we used to have, I'm hearing a lot of used to haves. And it seems like everything I ask is a used to have. And I praise the Lord for used to haves, but I'm wanting to know what are we going to do now, amen? And so we're going to have to get busy serving the Lord. And revival will cause us in our hearts, it'll cause us to go, I'm not going to be content to say I did my time at somebody else's. Revival will say, okay, Lord, what can I do? 
And so spiritual revival. And then lastly, spiritual recovery, uh, verses 10 through 13. And I'm not going to spend much time here because I want to make sure we have time to pray tonight. But verse number 10 of Jeremiah 33, it says, Thus saith the Lord, again, there shall be heard in this place which uh, ye shall... Uh, which ye say shall be desolate without man and without beast, even in the cities of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem, that are desolate without man and without inhabitant and without beast. The voice of joy, the voice of gladness, and the voice of the bridegroom, the voice of the bride, the voice of them that shall say, Praise the Lord of hosts, for the Lord is good, for his mercy endureth forever, and of them shall bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. For I will cause to return the captivity of the land as at the first, saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, again in this place which is desolate, without man and without beast, and in all the cities thereof shall be inhabitation of shepherds, causing their flocks to lie down in the cities of the mountains, in the cities of the vale, in the cities of the south, and in the land of Benjamin, and the places about Jerusalem, and in the cities of Judah, shall the flocks pass again under the hands of him that telleth them, saith the Lord. And so we find here that there is a, uh, a special recovery that happens when we have, go to the Lord in prayer. Um, James 5, verses 13 through 15 says, Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up, and if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Here in Jeremiah, we find that God did a special recovery and work in the life of Israel. But we also find in the New Testament that God can do that in our life. He can reclaim our health. And so uh, I, do, I am not a faith healer. I do not believe that we can just simply carry around with us healing. And, but I do believe that God is a miracle worker, don't you? And I believe that God is able to touch and raise up whoever he wants to. And I believe with all my heart that God is able and, uh, to heal and to bring restore of health. But also I believe that prayer matters. And the Bible says, if it, is any among you afflicted, what does the Bible say? Let him pray. Pray. And uh, you say, Pastor, if that means if I pray, does that mean I get everything I want? No, it doesn't. But what prayer does is it touches the heart of God. And it may be that if God sees fit according to his plan, he may touch our bodies and use it for his glory. So we find that prayer can lead to a, uh, a reclaiming of our health. But also if we looked in verse number 11 here in Jeremiah 33, we find that also can reclaim wealth. In Israel, we find that God restored to them their, their flocks, their lands, their provisions, their blessings. And so God restored that to them. And you say, Pastor, what are you getting at with reclaimed wealth? Does that mean if we just pray we're going to be rich? Well, I would say that if you're a child of God, you don't have to pray to be rich. You're already wealthy as you can be. But I do believe that God can financially take care of us. 
You say, do you really believe that? I sure do. And you can look at our church's uh, finance sheets. I believe they're up here. And uh, you can look at our giving and what God's done. And um, I shared it the other night with the stewardship committee. And I'm probably going to share it with the church one of these days before too long. If you look, go back to North Etowah Baptist Church over the last 10 years, there are two trends that are very unique. One is the total giving at North Etowah. And if you look at the graph, there's peaks and valleys and peaks and valleys, and that, that always happens. But if you look over the last 10 years, the number does this with maybe just a slight decline. What's interesting, though, is if you look at the number of givers, there's peaks and valleys, peaks and valleys, but it starts off up here, and it's way down here at the bottom. What that says is the giving has barely changed, but the number of people giving has dropped 80%. You say, what are you saying? Well, one, that tells me there's some people who are really digging deep to keep this church afloat. Thank the Lord for those individuals. But also what that tells me is that God is able to do a lot with little. And that's prayer. That's what prayer can do. Prayer can take a little, a few, and God can use it in a mighty way. Now, that's a side note for another night, but what we need to do is get everybody back participating where the number of givers comes back up. Wouldn't that be a blessing? And so thank the, we'll be praying for that. But at the same time, we can rejoice that God has, even in this church, as a testimony that prayer and finances works, and God has done great things here at North Etowah.